Hi, everybody. Welcome back this week to New Life Online. Thank you for tuning in. And some of you right away are going, oh, it's him again. Yes, it's me. So we are practicing social distancing, and I happen to be the guy that gets to stand in front of the camera. So there's a couple people here um, running some equipment and myself, and there's a couple others who are here learning. Because we've got this new phrase we're using this week. We're building the plane as we fly it. We're building the plane as we fly it. We've never been down this road before. So each week, there's probably going to be some new things that we add or something we take away. Uh, we appreciate the feedback that many of you have been giving. And it's a great learning opportunity for all of us. So for now, for today, it's me. And uh, I invite you to track along here. Just want to walk through a few uh, updates on what's been going on, what's coming up. And then I want us to pray together. And then I'm going to share uh, a message of encouragement and hope. And we'll be done. And so it's going to be shorter. Those of you who love the short service and you're always dying to get out right after the service, you're going to love these new broadcasts because uh, they're probably going to be a little bit shorter. I don't think any of you want to listen to me go on for 45 minutes, so we're going to shorten all that up. So here's a few updates that you need to know about. Uh, our staff have been absolutely phenomenal in this past week. They have all stepped up and done things that they were not expecting they would be doing. Uh, they are... Uh, along with myself, rewriting their job descriptions. We're all doing that. And we're trying to figure out uh, how we do ministry now in this new time. And I've been so encouraged by seeing how they have all stepped up. Uh, so we're having daily staff meetings. Uh, if you've got stock, I don't know if they have publicly traded stock or not, but the company Zoom is probably experiencing a boom. Zoom has a boom right now, and people are using it. We're going to be using Zoom software to have our staff meetings every day, having our staff devotions like we typically do, and uh, just checking in to make sure that things are happening the way they need to. So we're all working from home. But if you call the church uh, office number, and you click on the number to take you to whichever person, they will get that phone call at home. So you can still get in touch with us. You can still email. You can still phone. Uh, you just can't come in person because we want to be serious about um, just spacing ourselves the way that the governments are asking us to. You got an email from, uh, from us on Saturday, and if you're a parent of a teen or parent of younger children, there's some resources we've made available for you, thanks to uh, Orange and 252, which we use with our children, and the Meeting House, which we use their curriculum with our teenagers. So you can just go on and, and click those links. Uh, Chris, our children's worker, and Chris, our teen worker, or Christopher, our youth pastor, director, our they're doing a whole lot behind the scenes to make sure that ministry still happens. And of course, our home churches are still looking at how they will keep caring for each other. And then you can expect some new things coming up this week for uh, ways that you can connect outside of Sunday. And the first of them is uh, Steve's going to try on Wednesday nights some music and some prayer. You can tune in on Wednesday nights, and you would have gotten some information about that in the Saturday email blast. If you don't get our email letter, that's one of the best ways to get communication from us. 
Go to newlifecollingwood.com. At the very bottom, it's signing up for our newsletter. You punch in your email address, and then we will send those out on Saturdays. In the odd time, there might be an extra email that comes out. We don't go heavy on those, but they're the best way to get the information that you need. Or go to our website, newlifecollingwood.com, and you can find out what's happening there as well. And of course, we have our social media feeds, predominantly Facebook, and we also keep things going that way. I also want you to know that our board, uh, our church leadership, they typically meet once a month, and during this time, we're going to be having weekly check-ins. Just real quick to make sure that we are leading well during this time, and we want to be serious about how we lead and how we continue to do ministry as a congregation. And I wanted you to be aware of that. So again, we'll be using the Zoom software so that we can have our meetings but we do want to check in more regularly to ensure that everything is happening that needs to. And we've been asked again about uh, how people can give, and we don't want to push that. Um, particularly, we realize in these precarious times, uh, there are various people who uh, maybe are laid off right now, or they're not sure about their, their income. And so there are, we recognize there are people who may not be able to give at this time. And yet we would ask that if you're in a place where you can still contribute to new life, that you would do so. And we want to be able to take Jesus' love to people in practical ways. And of course, that requires some of the funding that we, uh, that we use from week to week. And we want to take the certain message of Jesus during these uncertain times to people. And so we encourage you, if you can, uh, please continue to support New Life. If you go to our website, the top right-hand corner, there's a Give button. And if you click on that, it will explain to you the different ways you can give through online, like uh, regular payments, through e-transfers, through the text-to-give feature that we offer, which is a very simple way to do it as well. We want to thank you for your generosity in this time and, uh, and know that uh, if you are finding yourself in need, please let us know because we would love to do what we can to help. And when we all pitch in together, it makes it possible for us to do this. So thanks for your generosity. That's all I want to say about that. But we continue to get asked how that can work. And uh, just go to the website, click on the Give button, and it'll explain all the ways you can do that. So a lot of your families, you're gathered around. Uh, you're probably sitting in... in at home, in your couch, on your couch, uh, you're maybe in the kitchen. Some of you might be out. Last week, somebody was out skiing, and they stopped, and they uh, used their phone to, to tune in. Um, but a lot of you are sitting as families. So kids, uh, right now, for mom and dad, uh, I'm going to ask you to, to join with me, and we're going to pray. And I'm going to invite all of you to... Uh, to just join together. Normally, you'd all be very pious and you'd bow your heads and you'd close your eyes. Now you can do whatever you want, but what I would ask is that you just um, connect with me and together we will, uh, we will seek God and, uh, and invite him to continue to be part of this gathering that we're experiencing right now. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that, uh, that you are present, that you are with us, and that we're hearing stories of how people are receiving your love and sharing that with others. I know uh, even now that there are people in our community that are sick with this virus. And whether it's Collingwood or Sega Beach or Blue Mountains or Clearview um, or further beyond, there are 
there are people who are actually connected to new life that are already experiencing this. And I pray your comfort for them. I pray for all those people who are fighting this virus that uh, their bodies would, would be able to, to win that. Thank you for those people who we're calling our frontline workers, whether it would be healthcare workers or people that can't stay home because we need them to keep our, our um, whole societal system moving. Thank you for each one of them. And some of them will be tired and exhausted and we pray that you would give them the rest they need. Others will be worried about whether or not um, something could happen to them. And we pray that you'd give them peace and that you would give them comfort. Many people are feeling uncertain right now. And God, in uncertain times, there is this powerful sense of hope that comes from resting in you and trusting you. And I pray for our people to be able to do that. There are a lot of churches trying to meet online. There are a lot of charities who are trying to figure out how to act as a charity when they can't have the facilities that they need or the programs that they need. And they're wondering how long this is going to last. I pray that you would give them a sense of hope and encouragement. I pray for our leaders, our mayors, our town councils, I pray for our provincial leadership, our federal leadership, as they have to make difficult decisions that affect a lot of people. And they know whatever they decide, some people are going to be affected in a positive way, others in a negative way. Some will be happy, some will be upset. We pray for our leaders. Give them the wisdom they need to lead well. And Father, I pray around the world as this pandemic strikes country after country. There are many countries that don't have the healthcare systems like we do in the West, and they're trying to figure out how to survive in the midst of this. And in all of this, God, there's probably people who are wondering where you are in all of this. Would you show yourself to those people in ways that make sense for them? Let them see how you are at work in this world. Jesus, may we as your people uh, embrace and live out this creed that you have given us. And we pray together this morning that this is the, our heart's desire, that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. Because everything that we wonder about what God wants is summed up in these two commands. And may that be what we live out in these days. That we would love you and that we would love one another. And I invite all of us together this morning to pray the Lord's Prayer. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray every single day. And that we would find in it uh, a centering um, foundation. So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the bread that we need for today. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
How are you doing? There's a lot going on. We've been asking a question this week. What do you do when you no longer have your building or your programs? How do you be the church without your building and without your programs? We recognize that everything has changed and we're learning how to fly the plane as we build it. And that's this fun expression we're using which gives uh, each other a lot of grace as we figure these things out. How do you do ministry when you can't even go and, and meet with somebody? And it's not just the church that's dealing with that. How do you do business when the government is asking you to close your doors? because they don't want people interacting with each other. And for a lot of businesses, there's been no answer other than to close their doors and to shut down. How do you do relationships? We were made as social beings. We need to interact with one another. And while uh, mediated interaction through screens or through telephones is great, uh, for a lot of us, it's a struggle. Um, because we need to have that sense of presence and that sense of touch. We've never been down this road before. Most of us are wondering, how long is this going to be? Right before the, the broadcast started, some of us were talking, like, is this going to be two and a half months? Is it going to be six months? Um, nobody knows. And yet we feel like we need to ask that question. How long is this going to take before it's done? And when it does end... What is the new normal going to look like? We've never been down this road before. I think some of you are probably feeling like you're enjoying the break, and particularly if you happen to be of an age where you're still in school, and you guys are getting this extra long uh, vacation time, and a lot of you are probably enjoying that. Some of you are enjoying a little bit of time off work, and yet for others, it's probably pretty scary as they're not sure about, um, about their job, their income, or maybe you're not sure about your own health, or you're not sure about the health of the people that you love, and you're left with a lot of questions. We've never been down this road before. And I suspect many of us have had just a whole host of emotions that we've experienced this week. Probably hour by hour they're changing. Confusion, fear, feeling overwhelmed, being excited, being happy being encouraged, being discouraged. We've never been down this road before. And we're all trying to figure it out as it happens day by day. And a lot of us are building the plane, as, or flying the plane as we build it. I'll get that expression right sooner or later. I want to offer you um, some words of encouragement today. And I was thinking, you know, what do we need? And I, and I think we, we need to hear uh, words of encouragement and hope again. We've been looking at the Jesus Creed for uh, a number of weeks. And we've been talking about how Jesus says when you're, when you're trying to figure out what it is that God wants. And we've all asked that question. What do you want, God? And we're tempted to look at the Bible and all of the different things that the Bible says. And we try to live them all out. And, and Jesus literally says to us, you can boil it all down into these two things. When you live your life, live it in such a way that you are loving God with your whole being, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you do that by loving your neighbor 
as you love yourself. And so we've been exploring that. And this week we want to talk about what it means to love your neighbor, but I want to remind us about what we talked about last week. That when God invites us to love him with our whole being, it's based on the premise that God loves us. And I think we need to remember that. God literally does love his creation. And he is keenly interested and aware of what's going on in our world, and he is at work in this world. And so today, with that realization and with that reality, I want to share some words of encouragement from Jesus. Because Jesus is our most complete way of understanding who God is and how God acts, how he behaves. And so I think words from Jesus are appropriate for each of us in a time like this. So I want to take you to Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. Jesus is actually having a conversation with people who are working against him. They are not happy with him. They don't understand what he's trying to do because they have images of how they think God should be and how he should behave, and Jesus isn't fitting those. And he's having to challenge them. And as you read through Matthew 23, uh, you're going to realize that uh, he's pretty harsh with them. And yet at the very end, you, get, you pick up on the hint of love that he has for them. And he actually names the city Jerusalem because that's like the epicenter of, of this movement of people who are just resisting God's love as they see it in Jesus because they think it should be a different way. And Jesus says this to them. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. How often have I wanted to just pull you in and I don't know if you've grown up on a farm. I had the privilege of growing up on a farm, and I know exactly what that image looks like. And I've seen a hen just pull the chicks around. And if you get too close to those baby chicks, that hen is going to have a word with you. I've been on the receiving end of, of a few mad chickens, so there's some fun stories I could tell you about that. But here's this image of God wanting to mother us. And when we, for many of us, when we have felt scared or, or uncertain, there's something about mom's embrace that is so comforting. And Jesus gives this image of a God who wants to mother us and pull us in close. And yet he says to these people, you wouldn't let me. And today we have the opportunity to be the exact opposite of these people. The lesson in this is for us to actually be the opposite of them and to receive God's love and let God pull us in so that we can experience him and experience his love in these new and life-giving ways. In another instance, I want to take us to Matthew 11. Jesus is having another conversation, probably with the same group of people. And they're having a hard time understanding, again, uh, why Jesus is doing what he's doing. And they're having a hard time getting their head wrapped around of the image of God that Jesus is giving them. And so he has this conversation with them about judgment and about how they respond to what he's doing. And then he says this in Matthew 11, verse 27. He says, nobody knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And there's this interesting uh, description that Jesus is giving of himself, referring to himself as the Son. 
And he says, if you want to know what God is like, come to me. And I will show you what God is like. And then he says this in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Because my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And here's Jesus saying, if you want to know what God is like, come to me. And if you come to me, I will give you the rest that you're looking for. Because you're carrying a lot of heavy burdens that you were never meant to carry. You see, I suspect this week that a lot of you are probably feeling like you're carrying a heavy burden. Because you don't know what's going on and you don't have the answers, and you don't have the resources, and you can't stop it, and you feel like there's nothing you can do. And that's a heavy load to carry. And Jesus is giving us an invitation, not just back then, but it echoes today. Come to me and find rest. Let me take that burden off of you. You'll find that I'm humble, that I'm gentle that I'm going to change your image of what God is trying to do in your life and what God wants from you and find rest for your souls. And that is an invitation for us to receive every single day. Because I know, if you're anything like me, when you wake up tomorrow morning, there's going to be a whole new set of things that you're wondering about. And tomorrow morning, Jesus says, come to me and find rest. And I think in the coming weeks, I want to do uh, a lot more to try to help you learn how you can do that. So I'm going to be putting out something soon for how we can learn that together. <sighs> Jesus, um, in one more place, uh, he, he starts this sermon on the mountainside. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In the beginning verses, we're told that the crowds gathered around Jesus and those who were following him were there and they got close to him and he taught all of them. And he said things like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek or the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness, for they'll be filled. And he goes on and on, but he's talking about the poor in spirit. Luke calls them the literal poor those who mourn, those who want justice. And Jesus says, when you, when you seek these things, you'll find that God blesses you in that. And yours is the kingdom of heaven. And there's this realization, particularly when it comes to the poor and spirit of the poor, when everything is stripped away, when you finally realize that you don't have as much control as you thought you did. You are ripe for the kingdom of heaven. Because now you begin to understand what it means to rely upon God and to look to God for your daily needs. It's also an incredibly scary place to be. And I think that's why we need those words of comfort. But here Jesus is saying, when you find yourself in that place where everything is stripped away and it's just you and you're looking for direction, you're looking for provision, you're looking for help, you're looking for protection, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is yours because you begin to understand now how to rely on God, how to let God be 
central in your life and how you work out from there to live your daily life. And I think these are words of encouragement for us. These are words of hope. These are words of comfort. And they all are based on this premise that there's a God who loves us. And we see that most clearly in how Jesus came and has lived and walked and taught us and then restored us to the Father through what he did on the cross and through his resurrection. So let's, let's recognize that God loves us and that he wants us to experience that love. And let's share that love. So in Matthew 5, right after saying these things about the poor in spirit, um, beginning at verse 16, Matthew 5, 16, I want to read this for you. Jesus says, When you turn a light on in the house, it lights up the whole room, and everyone who's there can see everything in the room. And then he says this, In the same way, Let your good deeds shine out for everyone to see so that they will praise your Father in heaven. Let your good deeds shine out so that everyone can see them and then praise God. And here's this this reiteration of the fact that we are to love our neighbor. Jesus says, because you understand what it means to be part of the kingdom, let your good deeds shine. And then when people see them, They praise God. And and I think we have to pay attention here that the the goal of doing these good deeds is that people would recognize that there's a God at work in this world and that he cares about what's happening. The goal of the good deeds is not that people would pay attention to you and what you're doing. If you go to Matthew 6, the very beginning, Jesus says, be careful that you don't do your good deeds out in public so that everyone can see you and and think you're so wonderful. And I've been really uh, interested in seeing some of the Facebook feeds this week Uh, and other social media feeds and news where there's companies telling us how wonderful they are because they're doing things for people or their employees. And I think, you know, that is impressive, and I'd be so much more impressed if you just kept that to yourself. And Jesus is encouraging us as his followers, do good deeds. Be excessive in how you love people. Be outrageous and ridiculous. Because when you do, people kind of look at you and they say, why are you doing that? That's weird. People don't behave that way. And then we have the opportunity to say, well, I do. Let me tell you why. See, the goal is that people would understand that there's a God who actually cares about them. And they're going to experience that when you go to them and you show them what that looks like. And then you can tell them about what God has done in your life. And you may not even know how to answer all their questions. But I think you understand the idea about loving your neighbor. And that just brings us back to Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, which we've been basing our whole talk on, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And I think there has never been a time when that is more literal than now, that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Because you can't even go anywhere And there are a bunch of people around you who are just like that. So here's the thing. In Luke 10, which is another version of this story in Matthew 22, uh, a guy asked Jesus, well, he wants to justify himself. Well, who's my neighbor, Lord? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And we learn that your neighbor is anybody who is in need. So you have this opportunity in knowing who's in need to actually just help people. And right now, virtually, you can do that in a virtual way, online. There's lots of ways that you might... um, try doing that. 
But I want to invite you to use this neighbor to love your neighbor, to use this opportunity to love your neighbors literally. So we're putting a graphic up on the screen. It's of four houses around you. There's you in the center, your neighbor to your left, your neighbor to your right, your neighbor in front of you, and your neighbor behind you. I want to encourage you, love your neighbor this week. Some of you are out in the country and your neighbor's two miles away. That's fine. Figure it out. A lot of you are in town and uh, you don't have to travel as far. But you may not even know your neighbors and that's the reality that we live in today. You may not even know the people on either side of you very well or in front of you or behind you. What an opportunity right now for you to just get to know them. Not in a weird way, not in a coercive way or a forceful way, just in a natural way. And literally figure out creative ways that you can love your neighbors. And so I want to give you a few suggestions as we, as we wrap up here. How you can love your neighbor in a way that is meaningful and literal. I've put down some ideas and they may not even be good ideas. These are some of the things I've been thinking about or some of the things I've come across. Uh, if they're helpful for you, use them. If you think they're stupid, then that's fine. Don't do them or that makes you stupid too. Um, let me share some of them with you. And so here's a few things. Start a neighborhood Facebook page. Uh, if you know some of your neighbors and you can figure out how to invite them into it, start a Facebook group that literally for your street, people can find out how each other are doing. It's a safe way to do it. Um, somebody might have a need. Somebody might have something they could offer. And actually shepherd or care for your community. Teach them how to take care of each other if they're not doing that very well. And it's a wonderful opportunity. And play around with it. Share ideas. Share comfort. Call your neighbors and see how they're doing. Um, maybe it's picking up the phone and just saying, hey, how are you doing? Maybe you literally stand on your back deck and you just start shouting their name until they come out and figure like, what is going on? And then you can actually talk with them and maybe get their phone number if you don't have it. That might be a little bit weird, so I'll leave that with you whether you think that's appropriate to do or not. Text people. I can't believe I'm saying this. Text people. I often think we text far too often when we could just um, make a phone call, but text a note of encouragement. Do the neighborhood foursquare. There's that graphic coming up again of you in the middle and your neighbors on either side. We'll just call it the neighborhood foursquare and literally taking care of or loving the four neighbors around you. And if we were each doing that, we'd be ministering to a lot more people. Invite your neighbors to come outside, stand on their lawns, stand on the driveway, don't get too close, and just chit-chat and see if you can arrange a time for that. I know in some neighborhoods they're coming out and they're banging pots and pans as a way of saying thank you. Great, wonderful. But talk with each other when you're doing that kind of thing. If you have friends with kids, um, they're probably going nuts at home right now. And what a wonderful thing it could be if you would offer to your friends or family members, hey, why don't you get your kids to sign in and I'll do an online chat with them for, for uh, a half hour, 30 minutes, so mom and dad can have a break. Or maybe you could offer some tutoring for someone that's still trying to finish up some schooling or something like that. Um, obviously, there's things you have to work out with the people that you know, and, but I think that that's just this great opportunity to try doing that. Find out about the seniors on your street, seniors that you know, check in on them, see how they're doing. If they get 10 phone calls, that is so much better than not getting one. If 10 people are checking in and they feel like they're being swarmed, it'd be better to have that than nobody checking in on them. So make a phone call to a senior. Sign up on our response team. Uh, if you go to newlifecollingwood.com, 
sign up, uh, click on the bottom right-hand corner. There's a sign-up button, and it'll take you to service teams, and then on service teams, you can go to the COVID-19 response team. And we're trying to make it as easy as we can. And if you haven't signed up for that, we're already getting requests. Uh, we're partnering with Community Connection 211. Uh, we've already been getting some requests for providing meals for groups of people. And we're looking at other ways that our people can, can help out with some of the community projects going on. Because we want to share God's love with people. Um, not in a way that we're forcing anything on them, other than we're just loving them through what we do for them. Uh, I thought about starting a virtual coffee group. So uh, I often meet people at restaurants for coffee. Um, if any of you would like to, to get together, uh, all you need to do is, uh, is call, email, text, and, uh, and we'll see about setting up a time where we could have a coffee meeting over FaceTime or Zoom. Um, and here's the final thing. Uh, a few moments ago, uh, on our Facebook page, a post went out and it said, share your ideas. So these are a few of the things I thought up. They're not that great. I think you have so many ideas that are so much better. So would you go on our Facebook page? If you're not on it, get on it. And then in the comment section of this post that invites you to share your ideas, tell us some ideas that you have or what you're doing. It's not a place to brag. It's just a place to say, hey, try this. It might be helpful. And we can get a whole bunch of ideas and we can actually um, feed off of those and just together be creative. There's never been a time where it's been more literal an opportunity to love our neighbor than now. And my invitation is for us to do that, knowing and sensing that there's a God who loves us and he knows that the best thing we can do in these opportunities is to share that love. It's actually just as good for us as it is for the people that we're going to help. Will you receive God's love today? Will you let him pull you in close? And will you take that love and will you share it with those around you? Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, watch your inbox for some stuff this week coming out. Join us on Wednesday night if you can. And we will keep you updated on what's happening. Next week, uh, we'll join again here online. And we'll see what other new surprises we have for you. God bless. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.